This is the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Biblical Unitarian Podcast, the podcast that aims to start conversations about the oneness and unity of God and about the humanity of Jesus. My name is Dustin Smith, and as always, I will be your host. This week, we have episode 317 entitled John's Use of Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 19. Yes, we are continuing this ongoing series that explores the many ways in which the Gospel of John illustrates Jesus as the prophet like Moses from Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 15 through 22. And this week's episode will closely examine the passage Deuteronomy 18, verse 19. Now this passage reads, It shall come about that whoever will not listen to my words, which he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. That again is Deuteronomy 18, verse 19. So in this passage, Yahweh is saying that whoever does not listen to this prophet, who is going to be speaking Yahweh's own words, then Yahweh himself will require something of that person. He will require judgment of that person. So in what ways does the fourth gospel portray the judgment of God coming upon those who refuse to listen to the words of Jesus, God's authorized prophetic agent. Who else in the Gospel of John is the recipient of God's judgment? And how exactly does the Holy Spirit function in God's calling to account for those who do not listen to his Son, Jesus Christ? Let's find out on this week's episode of the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. Our first point today is judgment is issued upon those who reject Jesus' God-given words. And there are several passages that talk about the negative penalty that is going to come upon those people who do not listen to Jesus because by refusing to listen to Jesus, They are actually refusing to listen to God who has put his own words into the mouth of Jesus the prophet. And so the warning in Deuteronomy 18 verse 19 appears to have influenced this call for judgment upon those who refuse to take seriously Jesus' words. So let's start in John 3.16 where it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his unique Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because He has not believed in the name of the unique Son of God. That's John 3, 16 
through 18. And the sense here is clear. You do not come to judgment if you believe in Jesus, as in you are faithful to him, and of course you're faithful to the things that he says. However, those who do not believe have already come into judgment. They're already judged. They're not believing in Jesus in the name of God's unique son and God himself is going to call this person into account. In fact, they have already been judged. In chapter 5, Jesus talks about how this judgment of God actually is being shared with the Son. In chapter 5, verse 22, Jesus says, For not even the Father judges anyone, but he has given all judgment to the Son. That's John 5, verse 22. And so God has shared his privilege and prerogative of being the divine cosmic judge with Jesus, the human son. But the sense here is that that judgment is going to come upon those who refuse to listen to Jesus' words. Because, as we demonstrated in the previous episodes, the words of Jesus really aren't Jesus' words. They are the Father's words that are spoken through Jesus. In the same way that we see in Deuteronomy 18, they are Yahweh's own words that are spoken through this prophet like Moses. A few verses later, there in John chapter 5, Jesus says in verse 27 that he, that is God, gave him, the Son, authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. John 5 verse 27. So, Let's make sure we're clear on this. Because Jesus is the Son of Man, namely he is the uniquely authorized and empowered human figure from Daniel chapter 7, God has given to Jesus authority to execute judgment. So Jesus doesn't have the authority to execute judgment because he's God, because he's Yahweh. He has this authority because he is a uniquely authorized and empowered human being. And he doesn't innately possess this authority. God has to give it to him. He has been authorized to share in God's judgment. And again, the reason that this judgment is being poured out is because people are not believing who Jesus is. They're not believing that he is God's unique son in whom God has placed his own authoritative words. A few chapters later, in chapter 8, verse 26, Jesus says, I have many things to speak and to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true, and the things which I heard from him, these I speak to the world. That's John 8, verse 26. Again, Jesus is speaking forth the things that he has heard from God, and by the way, this God is described as the one who is true, which anticipates John 17, 3, which says that the Father is the only true God, and Jesus is the one whom the only true God has sent. And so Jesus says here that the one who has sent me is true, and he has heard things from him, and so Jesus is speaking these things forth. In addition to speaking them forth, Jesus says, I have 
many things to judge concerning you. So those who do not listen to the words that the true God has placed into the mouth of Jesus the prophet, then they are going to come into judgment. And guess what? God has handed over that judgment to Jesus the human son. Now, right before the end of the public portion of Jesus' ministry, which basically concludes with the end of chapter 12 and the beginning of chapter 13, Jesus says in 1247, If anyone hears my sayings and does not keep them, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. But the very next verse, in verse 48, Jesus says, He who rejects me and does not receive my sayings has one who judges him. The word I spoke is what will judge him at the last day. That's John 12, verses 47 through 48. And there we can see there, especially in verse 48, a clear allusion to Deuteronomy 18, verse 19. Deuteronomy 18, 19 says, Whoever does not listen and heed this prophet in whom Yahweh has put his own words, Yahweh himself is going to require it of this person. That person is going to come into judgment. And here we can see that Whoever does not receive Jesus' sayings, Jesus' words, which again are not Jesus' words, are the Father's words, there is someone who's going to judge him. And who is that? That is the true God. The true God is going to judge him, and the judgment is most certainly going to take place at the last day. But that judgment is so true that earlier Jesus can say that he is already been judged. We saw that in John 3, verse 18. So, it's quite clear that there is a dire warning and a very serious threat for those who do not listen to Jesus. And of course, for the original readers of the Gospel of John, any of the Jews who just flat out reject that Jesus really is the promised Jewish Messiah, then they are going to come into judgment by the true God. It doesn't matter that they are monotheists. It doesn't matter that they are Jews who pray the Shema and understand that God is only one person. If they reject the fact that that one true God has commissioned his own son as the Jewish Messiah, then the relationship with God doesn't mean anything, that God is going to bring them into judgment. And we can see through all those passages, the clear influence that Deuteronomy 18, verse 19, has had on the Gospel of John. However, the Jewish dialogue partners with Jesus who reject Jesus' sayings are not the only ones who come into judgment according to the Gospel of John. And this moves us to our second point. Point number two, judgment upon the ruler of this world. There are a couple of passages, actually three passages, in which the Gospel of John is going to describe a figure called the ruler of this world. However, there's also an overlapping theme of judgment that comes upon the ruler of this world. And so if we're looking at the judgment that is being poured out on those who oppose Jesus, and of course, those who oppose Jesus the prophet are actually opposing the one who has sent this prophet, namely 
the only true God, the Father, then we have to take seriously these passages. So let's look at this one here in John 12, starting in verse 31. It's kind of a lengthy passage, but it's good for us to get the entire sense as to what's taking place. So Jesus says in John 12, 31, Now judgment is upon this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. But he was saying this to indicate the kind of death by which he will die. The crowd then answered him, We have heard out of the law that the Christ is to remain forever. And how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? So Jesus said to them, For a little while longer the light is among you. Walk while you have the light, so that darkness will not overtake you. He who walks in the darkness does not know where he goes. While you have the light, believe in the light, so that you may become sons of light. That's John 12, verses 31 through 36. So Jesus is talking about those who are rejecting him, who are not listening to him. And he describes those persons as those whom darkness has overtaken and those who are walking about in darkness and they are unaware of where they are going. But while they have the light in their presence, that of course is Jesus who is the light made flesh, then they are to believe in that light, meaning they're to believe in Jesus' words and to take them seriously. And in doing so, they will partake of this sonship. They will become sons of light. However, the one who has ultimately rejected Jesus was described earlier in verse 31, the ruler of this world. And Jesus says that the ruler of this world will be cast out because judgment is upon this world. But coinciding with the casting out of the ruler of this world is the lifting up of Jesus to die. And there is a pun here between lifting up in the sense of a sense of exaltation, but also lifting up in the sense of lifting up Jesus on the cross. Because in the Gospel of John, Jesus is exalted when he is crucified. His exaltation is not something that comes after his death and resurrection. It's something that actually aligns and overlaps with his death. He has an exalted death. But Jesus is able to indicate that there is judgment coming upon the ruler of this world. Now there have been some people that have speculated about the identity of the ruler of this world. Is this a reference to Caesar? Is this a reference to Pontius Pilate? But it's going to become clear that the ruler of this world seems to be the devil, the figure that Jews called the Satan. Now, a little bit later in John, in John chapter 16, verse 11, Jesus is describing the ministry of the Spirit that's going to effectively continue Jesus' ministry after he has left this world. And it says, concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. That's John 16, verse 11. So again, the reason why we're pointing this out is that we're indicating the judgment 
that is coming upon those people who are rejecting Jesus. And of course, the ruler of this world ultimately has rejected Jesus. He's tried to kill Jesus and to influence others into participating in this. This all comes to a head in John chapter 8, where Jesus indicates that those who are rejecting Jesus are not actually children of Abraham. They're actually children of the devil. They actually are identifying and acting like the devil who was a murderer from the beginning. So I think it's pretty clear here that the rule of this world is a reference to the devil, to the figure of Satan. But judgment has come upon this world. The rule of this world is going to be cast out. We saw that in 1231. But in John 16 verse 11, the ruler of this world has already been judged. And remember, judgment is what God is going to do to those who reject Jesus. They're rejecting Jesus and his words, namely the words that Yahweh is speaking through Jesus. Now, we mentioned in John 16 that Jesus is describing the role of the Spirit. And the Spirit has a very interesting function as it pertains to this judgment that God is going to pour out on those who are rejecting the prophet like Moses. This moves us to our third point, point number three, the function of the Holy Spirit as it pertains to judgment. So we already read a little bit of chapter 16, but I kind of want to get the entire context here to see how this works. And again, it's very important to understand the way in which the Spirit is meant to function in the Gospel of John. So God himself, the Father, commissions Jesus for his ministry. After Jesus' ministry has reached its conclusion, then Jesus is going to send the Spirit to continue Jesus' ministry in the way that it is going to empower the disciples to also continue forth Jesus' ministry. So it's not that Jesus is dying on a cross and he's raised from the dead and the story is over. The Gospel of John assumes that the ministry of Jesus is going to continue with the empowerment of the Spirit and, of course, with the disciples carrying forth and continuing what Jesus has already started. So the role of the Spirit is very important in the Gospel of John, and it's often overlooked in favor of the Father and the Son. So, here in John chapter 16, verse 7, Jesus says, But I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send it to you to you. And when that one comes, it will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. And concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you no longer see me. And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. That's John 16, verses 7 through 11. So you can see Jesus indicating that the Spirit, being personified here as a helper, an advocate, 
a counselor, a comforter. You can translate parakletos in a variety of ways. But the Spirit is going to continue what Jesus has started. After Jesus leaves, he himself is going to send this helper. And when the helper comes, it's going to do some convicting. It's going to convict the world. It's going to convict the world involving judgment. And of course, that judgment involves the judgment that the ruler of this world has already come into. And of course, we've already seen that this conviction deals with the fact that people are not believing in Jesus. They're not believing and being faithful in response to what Jesus has been doing. And Jesus, throughout the Gospel of John, has been saying over and over and over, I am speaking the words of God. These words are mine. They are the words of the Father, and I'm speaking them forth as an obedient and faithful son. But if you reject those words, you're actually rejecting God. You're rejecting Yahweh. And God said in Deuteronomy 18, verse 19, Whoever does not listen to these words, I myself will bring that person into judgment. And we're seeing this theme of judgment throughout the Gospel of John as what is clearly going to come upon those who have rejected Jesus. So, in conclusion, we have observed that the Gospel of John, in offering a detailed portrayal of Jesus as the prophet in whom Yahweh has placed his authoritative words, echoes the warning from Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 19. Yahweh will hold accountable those who do not listen to the words that he puts into the mouth of Jesus Christ. And this is displayed with several warnings of judgment that hang over the heads of those who reject Jesus' God-given mission. Even Satan, the ruler of this world, is judged, strongly suggesting that he has rejected the words of Jesus, the prophet like Moses. And we also observe that the Holy Spirit is promised to come and an effort to continue the ministry of Jesus, which, of course, includes the calling to account in the judgment of those who refuse to respond to Jesus with belief and faith. So these three points coalesce in the sheer importance given to the need to obey the words of Jesus that Yahweh has put into his mouth, which points to Jesus as God's authorized prophet. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Join us next week as we explore the ways in which Deuteronomy 18 verse 20 has strongly influenced the portrayal of Jesus within the fourth gospel, the gospel according to John. So please look forward to our next episode as we continue to look at all the ways in which Deuteronomy 18 is illustrating Jesus in the Gospel of John. Please look forward to our next episode. Now, if you enjoy our podcast, please consider supporting us as we aim to promote 
the sound truths of the oneness and unity of God and the humanity of Jesus. You can support us absolutely for free by subscribing on YouTube and iTunes, by giving us an honest review on iTunes, and of course, by sharing your favorite episodes with your friends, like this episode. If you are led to donate to the podcast, you can donate in one of two ways. You can check out the episode description for a PayPal link, or you can subscribe with a paid membership on the YouTube channel. The Biblical Unitarian Podcast is produced and edited by Dustin Williams. I am Dustin Smith, your host. Until next time, please take care.